Father, I thank you for your presence in this room. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are here. You are speaking to us. We can see your beauty, that we can see your your face shining upon us. Thank you for the privilege that we have to be in, in a close relationship with you and that you are reaching out to us and that you want to uh, be part of every part every every moment of our day every part of our lives that you are in there and that you are with it That you are a God who wants to be involved with us as we are involved with you Let's uh, let's sit down. So I want to I want to start today with something, and that's that's flowing out of of the things that I was talking about last week. And last week I was talking about the river, so it's supposed to be something flowing out of that, isn't it? Um, so, um, and, and it started off actually when we moved into the small groups, that one person said to me, like, how is it possible that so often uh, we talk about the Holy Spirit here and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and it doesn't happen in the church? Very good question. Because in a lot of churches, you actually don't hear a lot about the Holy Spirit, and you don't hear a lot about uh, the spiritual gifts that He has given us. Why? I don't know. I find it weird. I, 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 I truly, I do not understand that. Um, um, I think somehow, but I need to be very careful with this, but somehow I, I do think that this whole Holy Spirit part of the Trinity, you know, that we cannot separate it, it needs to be in there, but we find it a bit spooky. Because as soon as the Holy Spirit comes in, it is not controllable anymore. We are not able to like um, manage it and put it in boxes and stuff like that. And then we find it scary, and especially in the West, because we like to manage things, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah. Especially in the Netherlands, yeah. And I remember I was leading worship at a conference like a few years ago, and um, they asked me to do like a... Um, uh, the collection in the African way. You know the African way of collecting money in the church service? Avi does. <laughs> yeah, so y- you make happy music, you know, uh, you know, so people can dance, and there's like a big like, a, like blanket or like a, a white sheet that people are holding up, and then people go dancing to the front in the church service, they go dancing to the front, and they throw their offering on there, dancing all the way. And, and as they were asking me to, to uh, do this during the worship, I was like, yeah, that's awesome, let's go for it. And they said, well, let's just get, give you a few guidelines because, you know, we need to organize this properly so people know where to go and how to do it. I'm like, so you want to do something African in a Western way? 
we like to manage things. We like to put things in, in, in control, and, and, uh, and, and I think that's a part of it. Um, I need, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think that's a big part of it. Um, why do I speak a lot about the Holy Spirit? Because he's really important. He really is so incredibly important that when Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1 8, where you have to wait in, the, in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And then uh, 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 in Matthew 28, he says, like, you know, go out into all the world and make everyone my disciples. Do this. Do this until I come back and I will be with you. And then what the disciples do, um, you, you know, if, if you look from, from an army perspective, they would say, oh, uh, that's a new order. Order has changed. Now we need to go out into the world. I guess the Holy Spirit came already. But no, they didn't do that. They realized that the Holy Spirit didn't come yet. So they went back to Jerusalem. They locked themselves in a room. And they've been praying for more than a week for the Holy Spirit to come. To actually give them the power so that they would be able to do what they were supposed to do. And then I see a lot of Christians nowadays, they're actually, like, like the disciples, they are Christians. But they actually never waited for the Holy Spirit to come uh, in them and upon them, like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's a subject that we need to talk about later as well. But that's, that's like uh, a, a thing that's written down in the Bible. It's like, wait for the Holy Spirit to come before you go out. Because you're not able to do anything without the Holy Spirit coming within you. I was reading a devotional of uh, Andrew Murray. He's like a Dutch Reformed missionary in, I think it was like South Africa in the beginning 1900s. So if you talk about conservative, you know, Dutch Reformed is really a conservative church. And he said, and this is really harsh, but I think he is so incredibly true. He said, if people, Christians, in whatever degree they are involved in ministry, so you're talking about professors teaching theology in seminary, you're talking about pastors in churches, you're talking about elders, you talk about Sunday school teachers, you talk about every single person, every single person is disqualified from their position if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Whew. Because, you know... We are not effective if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not able to do anything if I'm not filled with the Holy Spirit. I can preach until my, my, my vocal cords like pop out of my mouth, but nothing happens unless the Holy Spirit comes and He preaches through me. Then something will happen. Then we will see life changed. Then you will see like, oh my goodness. Then the hostile nights will turn into something like, oh man, this is such a beautiful tool. And, and, and all these things, the Holy Spirit is working. That's why I'm talking about the Holy Spirit so much. Because He is so important. He is the one that came after Jesus. So He had God and He sent Jesus to, on earth. And Jesus was the representative for like three years. Or actually 33 years. You know, the representative of God on earth. And then He sent a new representative of God on earth. That's the Holy Spirit. So when you talk to the disciples, they were, they were talking about Jesus all the time. 
because that's the one of the of the trinity they were talking about and they were they were were involved with all the time the holy spirit is representative of 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 the trinity on earth i think if you're involved with him you will be talking about him a lot yeah so that's why i'm talking about him a lot um let's just see what the holy spirit is doing yeah is that okay well, I'm going to do it anyway. So let's go to John 14. John 14 and then verse 16. We, I'm just going to go through like a, a few Bible verses just to get like a little context in here. And you actually will see that it says a lot about who this Holy Spirit is. John 14 verse 16. It's all in John. So don't worry. You only have to flip one or two pages. Yeah, John 14, 16, it says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you an other advocate who will never leave you. Yeah, And then in 14, 26, it's on the same chapter, 14, 26, But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything, and he will remind you of everything I have told you. So the Holy Spirit comes and he will teach the disciples, he will teach you and me everything we need to know, and he will remind you of everything that Jesus has said before. Does it mean we don't need to study the Bible anymore? Eh, no. We, we, we still want to spend time in the Word. Yeah, but through that, the Holy Spirit will actually remind you uh, a lot of times of what the Bible is actually teaching. Yeah? In 15:26, But I will send you... That's also in John. But I will send you the Advocate, the Spirit of Truth, and He will come to you from the Father, and He will testify all about Me. So the Holy Spirit is testifying about who Jesus is. That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, so so uh, um, that, that's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. He is testifying about Jesus. And then in 16, verse 7 and 8, John as well. But in fact... It is best for you that I go away. Yeah, the, the disciples were like, oh, Jesus, we don't want you to go. And then Jesus says, no, it's better for you if I go. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. You see that? You have the Holy Spirit within you. And when you start speaking to people, the Holy Spirit will convict them of sin. We, we don't, in, in a sense, we don't, need to, we, need, we don't need training. We just need Holy Spirit filling. Because the Holy Spirit will convict people of sin. And, they will con and, and the Holy Spirit will convict people about God's righteousness. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. And, you know, it said, you know, if you put these, these verses together, I will send someone who speaks for you, who teaches you all things, who testifies about Jesus. He convicts the worlds of sin and he convicts the world about God's righteousness. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what he is doing. And that's why he is so incredibly important. You, if, you, if you look behind the word and, and every single verse that I was using this morning, it was the word advocate. And the Greek word behind it is, is paraclete. And it's also translated in different places as a helper. And I think there's two, two things that I, that I actually want to say about this. The, the, the advocate part, because the, both translations are, are true. Both translations work in this, uh, in, in this uh, circumstance. So 
when do you need an advocate? In court. In court. You, need to, you need an advocate when you've done something. And in this sense, it's when you've done something wrong. Yeah? You need someone who is speaking up for you, who is, who is actually uh, speaking on your behalf. But actually, I know a lot of like big companies as well. They have people in their company that are actually their spokesman. They are their advocate and they speak for the, co- the company so that, that, that um, um, and, and they're, they're not doing anything wrong. That's cool, isn't it? So, so when we hear the word advocate, we're always thinking of like, man, when you do something wrong, he will, he will jump in the middle. But that's, that's not it. He will actually speak for you as well when it is true. When you're doing good things. That's what the advocate is doing. The other, the other thing, the way that they translate it, is a helper. It says something about the Holy Spirit. But it says something about you as well. Because I asked you a question like before. Like, when do you need an advocate? It's when you do something. Yeah? If you have a company and you only have people sitting at desks and not doing anything, they don't need to hire an advocate because that's no use because they don't do anything anyway. So if you are a Christian and you're sitting on your chair all the time and you're not doing anything, there's no need for the Holy Spirit. Why do you need someone speaking for you if you're sitting on your chair? You don't need it. Why do you need a helper if you're not doing anything? You're pretty capable in doing nothing by yourself. So actually, the, the, the thing that it actually does and that it actually tells you is that you need to step out and you need to start doing things before the role of the Holy Spirit actually takes effect. So is the Holy Spirit given for you? Yes. <laughs> But not only, he's also given for the other people around you. So you need to do something. You need to, need to reach out into the world. You need to reach out to the people around you. And then the Holy Spirit will start helping you and working, working within you and through you. It's a little bit like this. It, have you ever seen like uh, an operation on TV? Anyone? Ever? Yeah? Please. Okay, thanks. It's good to hear some feedback of people. So you've seen our operation. So you see the surgeon, you know, the, the thing on his hat, you know, in front of his mouth. And, and the only thing he does is he stands like this and there's a nurse next to him. And then he said, what's the word? How do you call this thing? The knife? The scalpel. So the only thing he does, he holds his hand up and he says scalpel. And then the nurse the helper in this instance gets the scalpel and puts it in the hand of the surgeon. And that's, that's the role of the Holy Spirit within you. If the nurse would not help, the surgeon would hold up his hand and say, scalpel. And if the nurse wouldn't do anything, the only thing that would happen is that he would rub the patient with his fingers because there's no knife in his hands. And that's a little bit the power that we have without the Holy Spirit. And then the helper comes and I hold up my hands and I say scalpel and the Holy Spirit puts the knife within me and I start operating all of a sudden. You get the picture? The Holy Spirit actually gives you power beyond anything that you are able to do. Because, you know, if I would be a surgeon, I would not be able to cut someone open with my fingernail. 
that's impossible. I need a scalpel for that, for that. And to get a scalpel in my hand, I need a helper to put it in there so I can start doing it. That's, that's the picture of the Holy Spirit. He responds to what you need. If you don't need anything, if you're not doing anything, He will not give you anything. So we need to go out. Go out into the world and make all the, all the nations my disciples. That's what Jesus said. Was for the disciples, I like to believe that we are disciples as well. And if you're not, I want to talk to you in the office. <laughs> we are disciples. We are disciples of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. And he has sent us out into the world. And to do this, we need the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's, let's talk about, a little bit about uh, the gifts. Because we were uh, talking about this last week in small group. Um, well, actually, that kind of flowed out of the, the, the river thing. Yeah. Um, um, let's go to Romans, chapter 1. Um, I'm, I'm not going to um, uh, um, uh, talk about the spiritual gifts by itself. I want to talk. I want to do that next week. I want to start looking at like what different gifts are and how they look like, how you can recognize them, um, um, uh, and, and so on. Next week and the week after, because there are quite a few. Uh, today, I just want to lay down a basis so you know why the spiritual gifts are there and uh, how that works. Yeah. So Romans one eleven and twelve. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. And when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I, I just love that. Yeah, Paul is actually... Um, the letter of Romans is an introduction letter from Paul to the Romans. He, he, he actually wrote his letter to, uh, to introduce himself to the Romans, but he has, he has only been one, one time to Rome. And then he died there. Yeah? So he wrote his letter to reintroduce himself to the Romans. Uh, and, 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 and then he says, I want, I want to come to your meeting and I want to bless you with spiritual gifts. If you, if you look at the King James, it actually talks about impartation. Um, and there's a whole theology about impartation. I, I, I find it a bit difficult. Because the, the, the theology of impartation is that, you know, my strong gifts... Uh, I just lay my hands on Jan, and then he has them as well. Uh, yeah, I don't think that Paul actually means this. He, he is actually talking about that he wants to come, and he wants to bless the people uh, working in his gifts. And then he, he says, but I, I, I don't only want to come to bless you, but, but I want to see you working and operating in your gifts as well, so that I will be blessed through you. So it's, it's, it's working back and forth. It's never meant to be like one person is doing every single thing. It's not meant to be like that. It's, it's, we're, we're a church. We are a congregation. Yes, there are people that are teachers. There are people that are, you know, different things and bits and pieces. But we're, we're supposed to doing it all together. So it's not like, oh, one person is better than I am. I will take a back seat. No, just do it. It's understandable. It's understandable. But, you know, I, we want to be blessed by each other. So, um, 
So the gifts are given to us for the church to bless each other, to encourage each other so that we will, we will see growth within each other. That's why the gifts are there. That's why they are there. And then 1 Corinthians 12, let's just go there. I need to hurry up. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, I will just read it out. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So, um, um, I don't know what, what, what background you're from. I don't know what you've ever heard about spiritual gifts. Um, I was always uh, um, um, thought from, from you know, my, my home church uh, uh, where I grew up in that we all have one spiritual gift that is given to us. Um, if you talk, oh, I, can, I, I will tell you now, but if you would talk to me and ask me about, so what gifts did you operate in? Or what gifts have you seen working in your life? I can actually say that every single spiritual gift has been in operation one time at least. It was night, I was teaching on, on the gifts last year and um, I was going through the whole list. I'm like, oh my goodness. I've, I've been operating in all of them except one. The one thing that I've never had before was uh, the interpretation of, of, of tongues. I, I never was able to understand what other people said. I was like, God, please. Ah, I want to be able to hear and to understand what other people are saying when they are speaking in tongues. And then a few weeks later, I was in a meeting. There was a, uh, a black African Pentecostal guy preaching and um, if you talk about charismatic he was charismatic um, and and he started screaming and 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 you know and and and, and screaming in tongues over the congregation and everyone was like ah and i was like i understand what he's saying and it was so incredibly cool so i was like thank you god um so i i don't believe that we only have one gift because they are the gifts of the spirit and the Holy Spirit is within you, what gifts are within you? All of them. So every single time, in every situation that I'm in, I can actually think of like, what is the gift that I need at this moment in time? And then I say scalpel. Or whatever tools they use in the surgeon. And then the helper will come and he will present it and he will work it out. And sometimes I don't know it. And I say, Holy Spirit, please do it within me. And then he will give me a tool and I will look at it and I will, I will use it. So it is good to actually know all the different spiritual gifts, like how they work, how they operate, what they do. So you can use them in situations. And that's why it is important to know these things. That's why it is important to really dive into it and see like, why did we get spiritual gifts? So we can use them. It's not to confuse them. Yeah. So Paul, Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 14 and 1, Let love be your high, highest goal, but you should desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. So if, if, if we only would get one gift, this verse would not make any sense. Because it would be really mean, wouldn't it? That, you know, the Holy Spirit comes and He gives you the gift of giving. Yeah, you're a giver for the rest of your life. And then Paul says, desire the special gifts. You know, especially the one to prophesy. Go for it. 
And the rest of your life, Ali is, is there like, God, I want to prophesy. I want to prophesy. And then, you know, she dies and she goes to heaven and she bumps into Paul. And Paul says, ha ha, tricked you. That's not the way it works. The things that are written down in the Bible, because they're actually true. If Paul says that we can like desire for the special, the special abilities that the Holy Spirit has given us, they're all accessible to all of us. Whew. Still, you will see that people will have one gift that is the strongest, and that, 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 that's, that's, you know, speciality. It doesn't make a person special. If you have the gift of prophecy or if you have the gift of healing or if you have the gift of like speaking in tongues. It doesn't make you special. But we have like most often there's like one or two gifts that are really like evident within the life of the person. And that just comes out. A desire and long for and, and, and step out to, to actually operate in every single gift that is written down in the Bible really important it's it's like my, my and i don't have the gift of healing i still pray for sick people and i still see sick people healed and that's a little bit it we're, we're actually all called to pray for the sick if you if you if you feel that you don't have the gift of tongues and you never step out into that area you will never figure out if, if you actually have the gift of tongues. Yeah? In some churches, people are not allowed to speak in tongues. Paul actually says, but do not forgive, for, forbid people to speak in tongues. Do not forbid people to operate in the spiritual gifts. Yeah? So that's really important. You need to be, we, we want to be biblical. We want to be like what the Bible is teaching. We want to do that more than what the church is teaching i need to be careful with that yeah but but that's that's the thing when i read something in the bible it's lydia's birthday is she eating the banana cake now i hope not <laughs> okay I'm going to stop. I'm going to pray and then we're going to stop and we're going to move into our small groups. And then next week I will, I will talk about the special abilities. Uh, yeah. So, Father, I, I want to thank you. Holy Spirit, I want to thank you for the um, gifts that your Spirit is giving us. I want to thank you that we can operate in them, that you want to work through us uh, within them and uh, that you want to use them for, uh, uh, for your kingdom. So I pray, Father, that you will um, um, give us a desiring heart for these things that you give. In the name of Jesus, amen.